You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Teach Me the Bible. If you were with us last week, we jumped back into the middle of Romans, so we're just going to continue right along with that. If you have your Bible, your phone, or if you're just listening along, we're right in the middle of Romans chapter 11. Uh, so be sure to kind of follow along with the story, because you got to get all this to have it together, because if you're just jumping sure. in now, it's not going to make any kind of sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, just let's pick up from right where we were last week. Thanks yeah, again Paul, for being here. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So if we'll re- recall what uh, Paul was doing in the in the, the book of Romans, he's explaining to, uh, he's defending his gospel to these Jewish unbelievers and explaining while they're still under condemnation and he's not, and while why those who have believed his gospel, not only from among the Jews, but also the Gentiles. They're, they have peace with God. They're no longer under condemnation, but this Jew, which is really the person he's concerned with, right? Back in chapter 9, uh, you know, I, I wish that I were a curse separate from God for the sake of my brethren according to the flesh, but it's not as though the word of God mm-hmm. has failed. And now he's in this section where he's explaining why the word of God hasn't failed. Uh, Paul views himself as a member of the remnant, right? This is a uh, He's he's a member of the sheep led to slaughter, I, Psalm 44, end of chapter 8. Um, uh, but God has not forsaken his people whom he foreknew. He's not forsaken Israel. Even though there was only a believing remnant in Israel, and the remnant uh, of Israel, the believing remnant, takes the gospel to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous, God has not forsaken his people Israel whom he's given these promises to. Right. So Paul now uh, is explaining, he's finishing his explanation of um the Gentiles found the Lord. They didn't seek the Lord, but they found him. And Israel didn't find the Lord, even though they sought him, which is this great irony. So yeah. he picks it up in uh, in uh, eleven seven. He says, "What then? Uh, that which Israel is seeking for, it is not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it. In other words, they cho- the, the 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 chosen, the remnant, obtained the righteousness of God through faith. Whereas Israel was trying to attain the righteousness of God through law keeping. It didn't work." But the rest were hardened. He says, exactly right. Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to not see, nor ears to hear. This is Isaiah 29. It's also Isaiah's ministry that's mentioned in chapter 6. Uh, Lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and hmm. return to their hearts and I, with their hearts, and I heal them. Uh, and, so, and so Paul is quoting Isaiah. He said, this is, this is down to this very day. And Isaiah says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them, and let their eyes be darkened and not see, and bend uh, and bend their backs forever. This is Psalm 69. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, by their rejection, by their stumbling, by their uh, rejection of their Christ, salvation has come to the Gentiles, carried through Paul. Mm. To make Israel jealous, to make yeah. them jealous. Now, if their transgression, if Israel's transgression, if the uh, not the remnant, uh, but the rejecter's transgression be riches to the world, in other words, the, the gospel came to the world because of their rejection, and their failure be riches to the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? And then he turns, he says, now I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles. Insomuch as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For if their rejection, if Israel, unbelieving Israel's rejection, 
be reconciliation of the world? What will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So Israel rejects, the gospel goes to the Gentiles, the Gentiles believe, and then the Lord turns his focus back to Israel, and now Israel believes, and all Israel shall be saved, and it's life from the dead. The first piece of uh, dough be holy, the lump is also, if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off, so he's explaining this promise to Israel wasn't totally realized in Israel. Some of the branches of Israel were broken off, and you, the wild olive branch, Gentiles, grafted in among them and became partakers of the rich root of the olive tree, of the promise given to Israel. Do not be so arrogant against the branches. If you're arrogant... Remember, if you boast, that's our word boast, right? It comes back in chapter chapter two. If you boast, you boast in the law through your breaking of the law? What are you doing, right? Uh, the <laughs> Israel is boasting in their law through the breaking of the law. He says, so you don't need to be boasting, Israel. I'll tell you what you boast in. You boast in Christ, right? I'm going to yeah. boast in the things of the Lord. And you Gentiles, you don't need to be boasting either, right? You don't be arrogant either. <laughs> but if you're if you're boasting, if you're arrogant, remember this. It is not you who supports the root. The root supports you. Hmm. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand firm by your faith and do not be conceited, but fear. For if the Lord did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Behold then the kindness and severity of God to those who fell, severity. But to you, God's kindness, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. And they will say, if they did not continue in their unbelief, uh, will they be grafted in? For the Lord is able to graft them in again. For you were cut off uh, by what is a natural olive uh, tree and were grafted in contrary to your cultivated olive tree. How much more? In other words, if he can you know, cut you off from a wild olive and graft you into the natural can't he take the natural branches and graft them back in? Of course he can. Yeah. Right? Of course yeah. he can. So, verse 25, I do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And thus all Israel shall be saved, just as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion, and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So, from the standpoint of the gospel, they, unbelieving Israel, are Mm. enemies for your Gentiles who believe sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, electos, election, choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He's going to keep his promises. Now, you talk about some great comfort, right? Right. Um, I remember years ago, we had in our bathroom this uh, this book called God's Little Promise Book, right? And I was going through seminary, and so I'm reading this little book, um, and, and I'm looking at all these verses. I'm going, he didn't promise that to me. He didn't promise that to me. He didn't promise that to me. I know the plans I have for you. You know, it's all those verses, right? I'm going, wait a second. Graduation verses. That's what he promised to Yeah, it's, you know, know, yeah, youth youth pastor, right? It's your your letter jacket verses, right? All the letter jacket verses. You know, what is that? Uh, You know. Um, I can do all things. I can do all things. Philippians 4, I do all things through Christ. There's this great story I I, I tell um, uh, one of my kids I was mentoring years ago. He was a running back, all-state running back, and went to SMU. Great player, great kid. And uh, his his letter jacket, Philippians 4.13. 
uh, I said, uh, hey, Casey. His name is Casey. I said, hey, Casey, Phil, four th- what? who's Phil and what's 413? <laughs> he goes, that's Bible verse. Don't you know that? I'm going, yeah, help me out. Oh, that's Philippians 4.13. I said, really? What does that say? He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, really? Like what? <laughs> and, and he looked at me with this, this look like, oh, I've never thought this through. You know, <laughs> It sounded good, but I hadn't thought it through. Yep. I said, well, Casey, how much do you bench press? He says, oh, about 3.15. I said, oh, that's good. That's good. How much do you bench press with Christ who strengthens you? <laughs> and he thinks about it for a second. He goes, I guess about the same. <laughs> I said, well, then what does that verse mean? He says, I don't know. I said, well, don't you think you ought to? He says, yeah, I think I ought to, right? In other words, yeah. Paul is speaking to the yeah. Philippians in this context, and mm-hmm. we, we quote this verse. I'm going, okay, is that a promise for me? Is that is this for me? Is this not for me? Who Who's he talking to? And so um, the first step is we've got to recognize what does he actually promise to us, right? Yes. What does he promise to them? Or to him, some individual, mm-hmm. or something. and what's he promised to all of us who believe, right? Yeah, uh, because now once we get the okay, now I know exactly what he's promised to us who believe. Then I can rest assured that God keeps his promises. Mm-hmm. He doesn't forsake. Mm-hmm. Any, he doesn't change. He doesn't go back on. He doesn't uh, not fulfill any of the promises that he gives, in spite of what I see, in spite of what's yeah. going on in our world, right? And it's easy in this world of mess to. Get caught up in politics, and is this governor going to win this or that? Yeah, God's not well, there in that. Or what? Well, even His promises not to us, His promises and everything else, are consistent. Absolutely, because He kept His promises yeah, to his, those that aren't. His us. character is a promise keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so we need to recognize. Now, let's not assume, you know that, you know that <clears throat> that He has made promises to me that He hasn't made. Um, but when we recognize the promises He has made. Boy, that's really uh, great assurance in the midst of greatness. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. It's mm. going to get worse for us. It's going to get worse for believers. It's going to get worse for the church. And it's going to get a lot worse. And then it's going to get a lot better. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so we have to endure until such a time as God keeps his promises mm. to us. He will. And, yeah. and it may be after uh, resur- resurrection, eternal life, you know, I love Paul's letter. We talked about this a while back, but just by way of reminder, uh, to Timothy uh, in Second Timothy, uh, as he's exhorting uh, Timothy to to hang on, to continue. He says, "For this reason, I also suffer these things, and I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed in, and I am convinced that He is able to guard what I have entrusted to Him." Paul has a very clear mind of what he has put his faith in Christ mm. for. It is for eternal life. Yeah. Not for best life now. He's getting beaten every day. Not for keep me out of prison. He's he's been in prison. He's being beaten. He's suffering, persecuted every but for eternal life. And God's able. Well, he's going, yeah. Even so, earlier in Romans, right? Romans yeah, eight. Absolutely you know, right. Yeah. The suffering now compared to the Yeah, I consider glory. the present suffering not worthy to be compared to the glory yeah. as we revealed to us. Yeah. And so God's gonna keep his promise. He kept his promises to me, he's gonna mm-hmm. keep his promises to you, he's gonna keep his promises to his people. So he don't want you to be informed uh that God is going to keep his promises. Right. So, from the standpoint of the gospel, Israel are enemies for your Gentile sake. From the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Yeah. For just yeah. as I love this, for just as y'all Gentiles Old Testament were once disobedient <laughs> to God, but and you didn't seek Him, mm-hmm. you weren't even looking for Him, right? And yeah, He, he did mm-hmm. uh, has shown you mercy, right? 
I'm reminded of uh, of even the story of Lot. Remember Lot's down there in Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, this is Second Peter. You know, Peter points out that God's able to save those, deliver the righteous, and keep the wicked under judgment. And what's interesting about that story of Lot and why Peter uses that story is because Lot's not looking for deliverance. You know, the angels show up at the door. He invites them in. Uh, they say, okay, let, let's get out of here because we're going to wipe the place out. He says, no, no, let's stay. And then they have to drag him out of there. Yeah. The Lord is faithful to deliver mm. the righteous. He keeps his promises. It's amazing. Even when you have both feet in the ground and you are kicking just and kicking and screaming and pulling back yeah. and you're pushing back as hard as you can, you know, um, uh, you know, God is going to keep his promises, mm. right? And you were disobedient. But now you've been shown mercy because of Israel's disobedience. Those who yeah. were told to seek it, the Lord didn't. You weren't. You were over there just going on your merry way as a sinner. And uh, the Lord said, "All right, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to this one." And he, the spirits start to work, and you get convicted. And somebody comes and shares the gospel, and you believe in Jesus. You can't figure out what you what you just believed in, <laughs> but you, you know something's changed. I don't know what. And Makes no sense. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a fulfillment uh-huh. of the plan, right? Uh, and so then, uh, so Paul, uh, this is in chapter 11, verse 31. So these now have been disobedient, Israel's disobedience, in order that because of the mercy shown to you, they may mm. be shown mercy. For God has shut up all in disobedience, that he may show mercy to all. That's the point, right? All have been disobedient. All have been shown mercy. Yeah. Um, this is um, how we experience God's character. He's compassionate and gracious and slow to anger, abounding in mm. loving kindness and truth. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's slow to, towards you. He's still compassionate and merciful towards you. You know, Klingler's still an idiot, and he's been that way for a long time. But the Lord is still compassionate. <laughs> no way. No still way. merciful, yeah. right? But now that you've been shown mercy, mm. you give it. Yeah. Right? Uh, all stand condemned before the Lord. All mm. were disobedient. All have been shown mercy. And so now all are to show mercy. That's mm-hmm. just good. And so you sit back and you think about that, that none are righteous before him. None none have status or or standing before the Lord. Well, I think through we were kind of talking a little bit about stuff going on in the world and that common question of why is there evil? Well, I think back on... You can't understand good without evil, or vice versa, for that matter. Yeah. And so, like, you're talking about God's characteristics and his character, all these things, and how we should act accordingly and right. be accordingly. Yeah, there's and a I stark contrast kinda, between mm-hmm. the character of God and uh, the depraved mind, right? right? The depraved mind in in uh, in Romans that uh, Paul's going to talk about uh, next week in chapter chapter 12. And it's the mind that he's been talking about all the way through, given over to a depraved mind and because their unwillingness to change their mind. And so in chapter, uh, chapter 12, when he says, you know, do not be conformed to the, to the world, that, that's the world of wickedness and doing yeah. what's right in your own eyes. And he, it's all around us. It's in, and unfortunately it's in the church, right? Yeah. It's in the church. It's in churches. It's in the, it's in the culture. It's in mm-hmm. other cultures. It's in the whole world. They're worshiping the creation rather than the creator. They all have a depraved mind. And you're going, holy smokes, there's no hope here. <laughs> no, there's hope. There's the same hope there's always been. There's hope in the return of Christ. That's your hope, right? But, so you sit yeah. back and you ponder these things. You say, wow, right? Oh, the depths of both the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? That's from Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 13. Or who has uh, first given to him that uh, uh, that it might be paid back to him again? Mm. In other words, uh, he doesn't owe you anything. You didn't (laughs) gain anything. You don't deserve anything. For from him and through him and to him are all Mm. things. Right? Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. See, uh, one of the big memory verses that uh, people learn out of Romans, you know, is, is Romans twelve one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's it's fascinating to me how many memory verses begin with for or therefore. Yeah. Right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God's salvation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <clears throat> therefore, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God. Right. How about John uh, John three sixteen? For God so loved the world, He gave. So there's so many of these verses that we memorize. It's dependent upon everything that is preceded, mm-hmm. right? And so by the time we get to chapter, if you read twelve one and two, and you say I don't get it, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. And you go back to chapter one and start over, mm-hmm. <laughs> because because the mercies of God, <clears throat> He has mercy upon whom He has mercy. Uh, he hardens whom he hardens. Mm. He's God. Uh, and these are hard words for us to to deal with. So it yeah. does not depend on the man who wills mm-hmm. or on the man who runs, but mm-hmm. on God who has mercy. Yep. Well, let that sink in. There is nothing that any of us have ever done that deserves any mercy from God, Period. Yeah, as much as we may not like to hear that, yeah, that is true. You you yeah. didn't earn anything. You mm-hmm. stand before him condemned, but he has mercy upon whom he has mercy, mm-hmm. and he hardens whom he hardens. Say, so, well, he didn't harden me because he had mercy on you, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. And so, what do you have to boast about? Now, Paul's going to say, "I found reason for boasting." Mm-hmm. Now, what's the reason for boasting? Because God has shown mercy to all. Yeah. Now, there's why you boast. I boast in the law. Well, you're an idiot. You shouldn't. Right? <laughs> in fact, you boast in the law through your breaking of the law. And because mm-hmm. you boast in your breaking of the law, and then you kicked out of the land, and then you boast in your breaking of the law among the Gentiles. And so the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. And somehow you think that's a good thing? <laughs> you're boasting on the very thing that got you judged and kicked out of the land. Uh, seems to me you need to rethink that whole plan. right? And the Gentiles are going, Yeah. You dummies, you're going, now let me talk to you for a minute. (laughs) You don't be arrogant. It's because of their rebellion that you're in this thing, so you need to just keep your mouth shut and stay over there. Sounds like a good parenting scene, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Hold up, little brother, sister. You got two kids, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, one kid gets in trouble, and the other one, just keep their mouth shut, they'll be fine. But no, they can't do it. They can't resist. Uh, Yeah, I told you. Now you're next. You're next. So so God has been, uh, all have been disobedient, all have been shown mercy. And that all, all Jews, all Gentiles, contains us. That's us. We're yeah. So we've been given the mercy of God. How much mercy? I I, I can't even begin to fathom uh, the uh, amount of mercy that's been given to us. Mm-hmm. Right? And you look in the mirror and you know the character you got. You know the person you are, and you're just going, "Oh man, is this ever going to get better? Yeah. Am I ever going to be delivered from this body of wickedness and evil?" This is chapter seven. Paul mm-hmm. says, "Yep, it's coming." Yeah. The king is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, don't be conformed to the world, 
but be transformed mm. by the renewing of your mind. Understand the mercy of God given to you, and then walk appropriately. And what does that look like? And so yeah. that's going to be chapters 13, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, you know, people sitting here listening to that, like, oh, my gosh, it's just so terrible and whatever. And I think back to people in this time, and they think it's coming, and here we are now, and you know, all these people, different beliefs, end times and all that. <laughs> right. Well, one of the things I can guarantee is we're closer today than we were yesterday. That's right. right? That's uh, right. And so be encouraged by that. I, uh, I heard this uh, quote a couple of uh, weeks ago, something about uh, <clears throat> uh, this generation is the worst generation ever or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was by Plato. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Every that. generation is getting worse. Yeah. You people are worse than we were. Yeah. You know, it just keeps, and, you know, and, and I wonder <clears throat> if it's actually getting worse. Mm. I think it probably is. I don't know. You read the Corinthian, the letter to the Corinthians. They they were pretty bad off. Yeah. Right. Or is it just as we get older, we're more aware mm. of how evil everything actually is, and this new group coming up, they're just as clueless as we were. Yeah. And so they're it's doing just a the same. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their stupidities. They're more stupid than we are, and so uh, it's worse than it's ever been. Well, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> or is it? Or uh, I mean. I think since, uh, you know, day eight, right? So mm-hmm. creation, seven Post-creation, days, then yeah. day eight. I think they sprinted straight to that tree and they <laughs> ate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the, the term part that. that didn't get included, right? <laughs> right. Blooper scene. But, yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> but I think since the day of the fall, it's been about like it is now. Yeah. Hmm. New renditions, new ways to play out the sin of self-righteousness, declaring yourself to be God, doing what's right in your own eyes. Mm. There's nothing new under the sun. We're still doing the same stuff that people have always done, but our hope is still the same as well. Uh, And so uh, the story that Paul's telling is the story of the Old Testament, and this Mm. is how God's mercy has come to us, these Gentile, pagan, filled with wickedness, worshiping sticks and rocks and frogs and whatever else we were doing or worshiping ourselves, sure. creating gods in our own image sure. or, 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 or whatever. Uh, that's, that's nothing new. That's been yeah. going on since the fall. Hmm. And so yeah. we've all been given mercy. When all that, that backstory is going to set us up for the next weeks, few weeks and whatever it takes to get through the rest of Romans. Uh, so before we kind of wrap up a little bit, we are stopping there at the end of 11. You yep. kind of start hinting at 12 and 13 yep. a little bit. Yep. Give us a few teasers to make us want to come back next week because there is a, a distinct break from 11 to 12, like you just mentioned. Therefore, okay. Well, Therefore, yeah. Well, we got to find out what so, it's there for. Yeah. So yeah. what Paul does in all of his letters, um, he explains why you're supposed to believe what you're supposed to believe so that you'll do what you're supposed to do. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, this isn't just a list of imperatives, right? There are... Almost no imperatives. Imperative, you know, sit, roll over, play dead, shake hands, you know, present your body's living. That's an imperative. Present your body's living holy sacrifice. Do not be conformed, be transformed. Imperative. The only imperative uh, that's in chapters one through eleven is back in chapter six, which actually he he says it. He says the same thing that he's saying in chapter twelve. He says in chapter uh, six. Therefore. Do not let the sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey its lust. But, uh, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin mm. as instruments of unrighteousness. So yeah. these, those are two imperatives. Um, but present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members. So, so three imperatives there back to back to back. Those are the only imperatives in chapters one through 11. For the most part, he's building his theology so that he can say, therefore, mm-hmm. right? And so chapters 1 through 11, therefore, does the same thing in Ephesians 1 through 3. 
therefore walk in a manner worthy, chapter 4, verse yeah. 1, right? I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, uh, exhort you. I, I'm pleading with you, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Yeah. And, and so theology, what we believe is the reason why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And so if what we're doing um, is errant, then the problem is in what we're believing. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. uh I, I know what you believe by what you do. What you do. Or, you know, or, or what you do by what you believe. Mm. I actually I, I know what you're you're believing by what you're doing. I see what you're believing, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing, I know what you're believing. You may say you don't believe it, but you do. Right? Yeah. Um so uh, that's part of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, acknowledging uh, that your belief system is messed up and you need to adjust it. We need to fix Absolutely. it so that we will do the right thing. And that's where we're headed. Yeah. And so that's going to be great. So I know people are listening like, well, just tell me what to do. Well, we got to set up why otherwise your, your doing will fail at some point if you don't have the why. Yeah. And, and understand who he's saying this to and why he's saying it. Right. Yeah. So, and we'll, we'll talk about this. For example, when we get into chapter 13. He's speaking yeah, to Israelites who are under Roman rule because of their wickedness, because yeah. of their evil. Right. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. They'll become relevant. So you have yeah. to remember who the author is saying these things to. Um, you know, Paul is telling Timothy, bring me my cloak and parchments before winter. He's not telling me to bring bring him his cloak and parchments before winter. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so well, who is he saying it to and why is he why saying is it saying so that we can get application mm-hmm. for ourselves? So we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah. So the application is coming and we had to unpack the why behind the what. So if anybody's still listening, I'm like, I'm not sure if I still get it. Go back and re-listen, reread. Because what's coming is not going to matter if, like yeah. you said, if you don't get yeah. it, we'll remind you as yeah. we go forward. But all of it's related to one through eleven. All the imperatives in twelve mm-hmm. through sixteen are related to what he said in one through eleven. Yeah, it's all connected. So, David, again, we appreciate your time walking through this with us Absolutely. and helping us just to simplify it a little bit. Absolutely. So, thanks for that. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.